0: Today, we're privileged to have with us the founder and president of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey,
1: Chris. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me. Again, my name is uh, Chris Dyer, and I'll be your host here for the next hour. Um, and hope you're really uh, ready for some great insights. There's two great guests we have today here on the show. i got one in studio and uh, one who'll be calling in later on. Um, so, if by chance this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'll give you a little idea of how the Talent Talk Radio show works. Basically, we feature a wide range of guests who care about talent management, uh, leadership development, and company culture. And In the business world, talent kind of has a couple different meanings, and of those maybe two that we focus on, the first is how it relates to success and how really talented people achieve success, and the second is how talent relates to human resources and how those talented HR leaders find the best candidates for their companies. So this show will explore those two different areas along with how talented individuals impact their company's culture. The guests on the show typically include CEOs, HR executives, entrepreneurs, authors, coaches, you know, anyone out there who's a business leader from just about any industry you can think of. And usually what happens is I'm at a networking event or conference, and I have the privilege of meeting these inspiring leaders, and I created this forum to allow you to listen on our dialogue and hopefully, you know, get some practical advice that maybe will help you cultivate your own talent, develop leaders, manage your culture, and most importantly, impact your uh, your own career in a positive way. I want to thank those of you tuning in live here every Tuesday. If you have any questions, don't forget, you can tweet them to at PeopleG2 and use that hashtag Talent Talk. If you don't know what a hashtag is, you're probably not on Twitter, so I won't worry about that. Um, my producer, Mike, will try to feed me the best questions and we'll work them into the show. You can also send us guest suggestions, question suggestions, give us any other feedback. We'd love to hear it. Also, don't forget that uh, you can tune into the podcast on iTunes or Android. Subscribe to that feed and have each week. The show will just magically pop in on your phone, your iPad, or uh, wherever you may be. You can join the other 140,000 subscribers to that podcast feed that are tuning in each week. We thank you so much for listening uh, whenever you're doing that, whether it's at the gym or soccer practice, in the car, on the train ride, wherever that may be, we appreciate you listening. Now we've got all the business out of the way. Let's get today's show started. My first guest will be uh, Warren Boone. He's the director of HR for Islands Restaurants. And my second guest will be Lisa Deverhealy, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, No, deverhealy She's the vice president of uh, Wickwire Food Industry Systems. So it looks like we've got kind of two food people on the show today just kind of so happened. We weren't that smart and intelligent to have done that (laughs) purposely. Um, So Warren, welcome to the show, and
2: thank you so much for joining me. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks so much for the opportunity.
1: So tell us a little about yourself and, of course, uh, that great restaurant uh, company you're working for, Islands Restaurants.
2: Yeah, you bet. Uh, Well, I'm the director of uh, human resources over at Islands Restaurants. If any of you have not eaten at Islands, uh, we're a casual dining concept, uh, which essentially means that... You, uh, you come in, there's a host that greets you, and you get set at a table, and a food server waits on you. Uh, our theme is about the beach. Uh, we're a really beach-style, easy, laid-back theme. Our employees take that approach. And uh, we serve beach fare. so a lot of burgers, fries, mm-hmm. salads, tacos. Uh, and it's it's all about really trying to create these experiences uh, that remind people of really that relaxing time on the beach. Our founder uh, had uh, spent some time in the Navy out in Hawaii and spent a lot of time at some of these beach shacks in Hawaii. He was inspired by this as people would go to the beach and just to be able to relax and really wanted to bring that to, uh, to the United States. Uh, when we opened well over 30 years ago uh, out in uh, West L.A., uh, we brought that concept, and now we've expanded now fifty-five restaurants in four different states, uh, over one hundred sixty million in revenue, and we're still growing and uh, enjoying it uh, the entire way. That's
1: a really fascinating piece of you know uh, history that I didn't realize that where the inspiration came from with with the owner and the founder. So you know when I think of Islands, uh, definitely every time I walk in, there's a consistency of the restaurants, which is I think part of the charm. You you know what you're going to get. Everyone's always very friendly. My drink, my soft drink, I should say, is always very full. Mm-hmm. They never, it, you know, like you take a sip and they're filling it right back up. And um, I love the chicken tacos and the cheesy, cheesy uh, fries you have there. So oh, yeah, you bet. Yeah, those are those are good. Not so not so good for my diet, but right. they're, they're good. <laughs> but I think you know, you guys have done obviously a really good job. I and mean, we'll kind of talk about uh, some of the things that go into that because that consistency um, and that predictability and that you know, originality that comes through that's really what you want for that type of a restaurant and What you, wh- who you're catering to and the type of food and the experience that people are looking for when they're coming in so uh, maybe we can we'll, we'll, we'll kind of stick with you here for a minute though and Maybe talk about what you think that drives you in the area of human resources, um, you know, specifically being in the restaurant industry. It has its own challenges. You have your own um, kind of unique things that other people in HR don't have to deal with. Um, so, so what is it kind of drives you to, 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 to live in that space?
2: Yeah. Well, it, uh, part of what drives me is the, the constant challenge. I mean, there is, there's not a day that goes by that, that we're not dealing with something different. And just when you think you know it all, you find out that you don't. Right. <laughs> I right. mean, there is something that comes up that you could say, "Wow, I have not experienced that one before." Uh, and uh, okay, great, we get to help some people through that. So, one of those they did what yeah, kind of yeah. moments? So. Uh-huh. <laughs> can, can you repeat that? <laughs> so it is. Uh, it's just a. It, there's so much variety in the work, uh, and it's so rewarding from that perspective. I love the restaurant industry as a whole, and uh, at Islands, it's you can see that uh, you know the culture runs deep in the. The values are are so strong. It's just uh, with that being said, you you get to work with a lot of different people who are good people. And to be able to help them through those issues, to be able to serve them uh, Mm -hmm. is a driving force. It's something that brings a lot of satisfaction. uh, To be able to take that and be able to put it uh, strategically towards how we can improve the business, how we can continue to drive revenue, how we can continue to create experiences that bring guests back, I think all of those things come into play as just rewarding opportunities uh, in in uh, working with uh, with islands. Uh, HR is just such a constantly evolving, uh, uh, constantly moving area of specialty. You know, and mm-hmm. it, there is there's so much that that's going in. I mean, there's there's so many things that come to play when we talk about talent management. I mean, uh, uh, you know, how many. Systems are coming into play that are trying to measure different things when it comes to talent metrics, and then now to, you know, now we're dealing with predictive analytics. And is it possible that we can now start with all this data that's coming in, we can start predicting uh, when we're going to have problems, and be able to actually strategically plan in advance to be able to, to to resolve those problems? I mean, it's really fascinating. It's a fascinating line of work to be involved with. Uh, because there's there, it's so broad. And whenever you're dealing with people, it's always going to be interesting. There's always going to be something that, that right. uh, you find that that uh, is going to be. Uh, it could be inspiring. It could be not so inspiring. Uh, but it's certainly going to be some variety in there.
1: And, and do you feel like in the restaurant business, and maybe very specifically even to islands, maybe. You're dealing with a very specific groups of people, maybe at specific times in their lives. I mean, I'm sure you have people that um, were working there as a career. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about your front facing you know, staff here, not mm-hmm. obviously executive staff back at maybe corporate, but you have people that, are, that make a career out of this. You have people, this might be their first job or second maybe job, you young people. So are there some unique challenges there that
2: in any way is what you enjoy about the job? You bet. It's exciting. I mean, we're often uh, our employees' first job. Uh, You know, we have a lot of employees that we bring on at 16 years old to be a host for Islands. And we are shepherding them into the workplace. And as a result of that, uh, there's a lot of different things that can come about, obviously, when when you have an inexperienced workforce that comes into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you can have uh, some things that might be acceptable maybe in their home environment or their school environments aren't always acceptable in the restaurant environment.
1: You mean they can't be sitting there on their phone texting? Right. Exactly. Or okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, you got a guest right in front of you and you start, right. uh, oh, i got to answer that text. Hold on a sec. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, but that's, that's a very fun part of the job is to be able to start shepherding these people into uh, the workplace and then to see them grow, I mean, the opportunities to move up. Uh, well within the restaurant to be able to come become a food server, or, or move into the kitchen, get more involved with the food, uh, and then maybe even move into the bar, or maybe move into management and make right. make a long term career. Uh, it's it is amazing to see how some of these how some of these kids come in and they uh, and they they learn and they grow, and that's the fun part of it challenges can come about though especially when you're trying to identify ways into to best train and be able to get these people ready to be able to do their jobs to be able to progress you know it's a it's a heavily millennial workforce and that's that's starting to change even mm-hmm. a little bit more you know being able to apply different ways for for them to learn through you know internet courses and shortening those courses down because it seems like uh, lately or nowadays you, you're dealing with uh, a very short attention span when it comes to even watching uh, internet courses or online courses, and so it's really about how can we be, how can we be impactful in, in multiple different mediums. So there's a there's a lot of challenges as we continue to move through what these generational preferences are to how we can help these people get ready to be able to really inspire each other and inspire our guests.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm didn't kind of intend to ask you this question but it just popped in my head and i wondered you know when the, we went through this kind of crazy recession in 09 and in 10 did you guys kind of face some challenges and we maybe kind of being, you know inundated with you know people who are maybe now you know 45 years old and had been you know in a career that i don't have a job and now they want to be a hostess and and so do you deal with some of those challenges of you know do you start bringing these people in and kind of stop bringing in those young people that typically would come to your organization and maybe make their way through it? Do you guys have to kind of really deal with that?
2: Oh, you bet. Uh, and we brought on uh, some individuals that were maybe in their 40s or uh, that were coming out of a job and they were looking at the restaurant industry. One of the things that we really are big proponents of is talent development. And we have a internal development program for people who don't have experience in our business to be mm-hmm. able to come in uh, you know, they can start as a host, and and we can move them fairly quickly based on their learning levels, uh, but to be able to move them ideally more towards a management position over a period of time. And uh, we had some people that, you know, engineers that couldn't get a job that came in, and, and we were able to start them as a host, and pretty quickly they were they became a food server. They started making decent money there, and then they realized this business is something they want to do, and they continue to move into the management program. And right. so it's that that that's all about adapting to what's going on in the mm-hmm. in the, the current climate and we were very open to that
1: I know in your LinkedIn profile we noticed kind of a little unique statement you had there and that was you know don't just retain people inspire them don't just live the culture enhance the culture and don't just collaborate but innovate so I want to ask you a little bit about you know each of these but first is don't just retain people, inspire them. It's kind of an important ideal for any business, but what does that really mean to you personally, and how how, how do you kind of work to inspire the talent around you specifically?
2: Yeah. Uh, One of the reasons I I stated that is because I feel like sometimes companies as a whole can look at retention as a systematic thing. For example, you establish competitive compensation, you put together a great benefits program, and as a and put them in a job that they're well trained for and as a result you will retain them. And I just I don't believe that it's it's like that at all. I think that that it has I think those are pieces of the puzzle, but I think uh the the reason why people stay long term with a company is they get inspired. They mm-hmm. they they what they do is they they get involved with something that they feel is much bigger than themselves you know right. our, uh, purpose. our purpose yeah, right I mean, exactly yeah uh, our uh, to give you an example our vice president of recruiting and training her name is reiko matsumoto she is uh she was the first host actually she was the first hire at islands uh well over 30 years ago she, wow. and she was hired she was hired as a host uh i think she was going to ucla at the time and then um but she she got involved with that first restaurant she was going down a path to be an international business uh, major. I think that's what she ended up graduating with. Uh, and her idea was she was going to work internationally, and that's what her parents wanted her to do. And and uh, she started working at Islands. And she she said, "Well, I'll get my degree, but I'm that's not what I'm going to do. I want to work for Islands because she got inspired by this, the group of people that were involved there, mm-hmm. what they were doing, and really the vision of how this restaurant concept could." could grow to, uh, you know, continue to provide these great experiences for so many guests in the long run. And yeah. and uh, really as a result of that has been able to be just a key part of the culture. And I, I think that gets, that is when we see good general managers or regional managers in certain markets taking the approach of inspiring people, finding out what it is that is important to them how can islands be a facilitator of that right even if it isn't necessarily business related chris i mean uh, it could be you know to, if somebody if somebody has a desire to own a home in hawaii well is there any way we can help with with that you know is or if we open a we do have one location in hawaii but if we if we open a location nearby could we transfer them there you know it's this this idea of how we can be, we can inspire them to show them it's more than just a business. We're, we're people working together.
1: So, you know, in 2014, culture was kind of one of those big buzzwords that, you know, for business. it's become a focal point for companies to help them ensure that they have the culture that people want and that they, you know, the company wants it to really kind of push out there. So, uh, you know, in, in looking at that second part of that uh, saying you had on there, you know, don't just live the culture, enhance the culture. What does that mean, you know, from an HR perspective then?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think it's really important overall, especially in HR, to recognize that human resources, in my opinion, does not drive the culture. We are a facilitator. We, we are uh, there, to as an ambassador of the culture. But the culture has to be driven by each individual who is a leader in the company? I mean, they, there has to be this, there has to be an adoption of that culture across the board. And I think when you're talking about uh, living, you can live the culture, but to enhance the culture, there has to be this process of how you can facilitate that in each one of those areas. You could have, you know, to give you an example of this, is some organizations, uh, some restaurant organizations could potentially have a different culture that exists out in the field versus what exists at their home office. And you would say that that is a misaligned culture. You would want to kind of have this unified culture that exists. And so when you see successful organizations that have that unified culture, what you do is you see that the, the various, like let's say, for example, in the field, if they're doing softball tournaments you know or or uh, they're doing christmas parties or different things in which bring those groups of people together to continue to build relationships well that should be obviously facilitated also on the home office side or different departments if we're talking outside the restaurant industry so it's it's how does hr become a part this process of helping to enhance the culture in these different areas to be able to to be able to focus on as we as we move towards implementing things like talent management or HRMS or or if we're uh, if we're rolling out a new training program or if we are if we are participating in building training materials behind maybe a new food rollout how do you put the values of the company into that process and to be able to continue to en- enhance why we're doing it and be able to pr- provide some clarity to the to everybody who's actually working and putting those things into play
1: yeah, I think it uh, was definitely something I was curious about with having different stores and then having a corporate environment as well you You can have this kind of overarching culture, but then do you have subcultures you know is there a subculture between? those who are in the restaurants and those who aren't. Is there a subculture between front of the house and back of the house within the restaurant? Are there subcultures just within each restaurant individually based on who the managers are? There's a lot of different things there. And I I imagine at some level the answer is yes, but I guess to what degree will really depend on how strong the overall corporate culture is and how you're driving it. And, And ultimately, you know, how many islands restaurants there are in 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 the country right or right. in the world i mean that would start to, to to change that equation as well
2: yeah chris there is no question that there's a lot of subcultures in play uh, and anybody who says who has a has a company you know with 55 restaurants or who's saying there isn't subcultures is just wrong i mean the 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 reality of it is is uh, geographically you could have certain subcultures develop just based on what are what are the accepted norms uh, geographically? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, if we had restaurants in Florida, uh, we would have a whole, probably a little bit of a different approach to the culture in Florida as we have in Southern California. Right. Uh, back a house, front of house, absolutely, because the, there is a different there is a different set of skills, characteristics, and mindsets that make a really great cook for islands versus the the skill and mindset that you need to be a really great food server. You know, mm-hmm. there can be similar underlying values, right? We can still believe that we are here to serve others, to be, and we have to have a respect for others, to be transparent in what we do, to do everything with honesty and integrity. Those can all be consistent across the board, but you can see very different subcultures develop. Yeah, and like you said, I think there. I think the importance as a company is not to, to make everybody the same when it comes to culture. It's to respect those differences. But more than anything, it's just to make sure there's clarity in the underlying values. And it's how, how do you communicate those? Do you Are those communicated on the front side in orientation? Uh, are they communicated in every time you do a performance evaluation? Do you uh, do you have required one-on-ones between supervisors and employees that allow this opportunity for this dialogue to create? And are the, are the values enhanced there? You know, what... What you know you have to have these very various different methods in which you can continue to bring that clarity,
1: yeah well, and the the last one that we were looking at here was don't just collaborate, innovate, so maybe if we take the average islands employee the that may or may not be ever listened to this, but if they were and and they heard that saying, what is it you want them to think about when they hear that statement when it you know coming from islands
2: right, well, I think what I'd love them to hear is that their ideas matter. It, it is, it, it's one thing to work together and for us all to kind of get on the same page, uh, you know, like for example, we could have it, if we're looking at the store level, it could say, okay, we're all going to get on the same page about supporting this promotion around our Kilauea burger, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody, you know, the, the the back of house staff is focusing on how we can make sure the product looks perfect, top quality, perfect temperatures, front house can be involved with how do we really describe this product to our guests Just should we be able to show them, hey, this is really a terrific burger um, You know, managers are involved in, in making sure that they can continue to support that with the guests and be able to keep things moving but it's something different when you have employees that are raising their hands saying, hold on a second, hold on a second the, the, these, the, the training materials are not sufficient enough. In fact, we think we would it would be better if you allow us to do a video about how to promote this burger because no, we don't we we think our, our fellow food servers are having a hard time figuring out how to the words to say and so now you have an employee that does a video on an iPhone right. that says hey here's here's how we promote it and then we post that to our internet page and all of a sudden you got this kind of fresh perspective and that's the innovate piece we we it's not just working together it's bring the ideas bring the ideas let us showcase the ideas and then let's see what happens. I mean, you'd be surprised that when you give people the latitude to be able to to put those ideas forward without a a risk of the, their hands being slapped or being turned down. Right. Uh, that uh, what type of great great information, great ideas come to the table.
1: Well, and and some of the things that it sounds like Islands is doing. Uh, lucky to have you, and certainly tons of the kind of company that any, any of us might want to work for so i'm wondering if you know you might get some of this ins- inspiration from from other sources and, and maybe there might be a book that you're reading right now or that you have read in the past that you might suggest for our listeners
2: yeah actually uh, i just finished reading the advantage with uh, by patrick Lencioni. Mm-hmm. Uh, i don't know if you've read that but it's uh it was great i mean patrick Lencioni is a great uh, author anyway uh he typically writes the the fable type books, ma, a management fable, and it's typically built around teams or leadership or executive management. Uh, but in this one, he kind of departs from that and goes in and, and takes pieces from his book and applies it to just a, a really kind of straight shooting book about organizational health and how to build organizational health. And uh, it was fascinating to me. I mean, the the focus that he put on you know the clarity of vision, how that is, how that is. So needed to be required to be, you know, that to be put in place, and for the, for you know, obviously the your food server, your your dishwasher, your cook, or to them to to understand specifically what we're trying to get accomplished and what their part in that is, uh, you know, it was one of those things where you you could start to see that it was sim- this simple concept that just had some, that just had really great, really great meat to it. Uh, and then uh, he pulls in ideas from some of his other books. I loved uh, kind of had this approach to meetings. I think he pulled from his Death by Meeting book. That was just I thought really great. <laughs> you yeah. uh, know, we can all speak to that. But okay. um, but I, it was uh, it was a great it was a really a great book. It it kind of adjusted some of the ways I did some things differently. Well, with it my sounds
1: team. like a great book to check out. And uh, I know our listeners are always kind of very hungry for that. And uh, that was why we we started a book club. Uh, one in Orange and one in LA County. Uh, for HR people because they always seem to want to, to know what everyone else is reading and then have an opportunity to talk about it. And uh, the talk about it part we'll also be doing at our uh, Orange County uh, HR Summit uh, May 20th. Uh, if you happen to listening to this live or the podcast within some recent uh, vicinity of this when we're actually recording it. Um, but Warren, the time has just flown by here, so we know it would it, definitely be a good interview. People will enjoy it. I've enjoyed it and I've learned so much uh, about the organization and, and certainly the great things that you're doing over there. Um, we'd love to have you come back at some point point. give us an update. You
2: bet. I'd be happy to do that.
1: All right. So, again, thank you for joining me. Up next uh, will be Lisa dever after this brief commercial break.
0: When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret
1: Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. As a reminder, if you have a question for one of our, for our guests here today, our second guest, you can send it to uh, at peopleg two and use that hashtag Talent Talk. Don't forget, you can also go to talenttalkradio.com and uh, hear all the past shows, and or just go to your podcast uh, app. On your phone and and look us up. Just type in Talent Talk and you'll see my ugly mug there, and you just hit subscribe and you'll be good to go. You can uh, access uh, all of our past shows and uh, have them come right to you. So, my uh, next guest is uh, Lisa DeVergelio. Hopefully, I'm saying that correctly. And uh, she's a vice president at Wickwire Food Industry Systems. Uh, Lisa, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's an honor to, to talk to you uh, here over the phone. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, of course, a little bit about your current uh, role there at uh, Wickwire?
3: Sure. So I started at Wickwire in 2011 as the marketing manager fell in love with the company and the mission that we're on to bring really great people into the restaurant industry and decided, you know, probably two months in that I was going to work as hard as I possibly can and own as much responsibility in the company as I could. Uh, Over the next couple of years, I was promoted up and now I'm at the vice president role. Currently, I oversee all of the development, all of the innovation, um, any new product launches, all of that great stuff.
1: So maybe for anyone who hasn't heard of your company, what exactly does WickWire do?
3: Sure. WickWire is an applicant tracking system that also helps restaurants get the word out about job opening. Hmm. So we do a lot of advertising on places like Indeed.com, different Uh, niche job boards throughout the U.S., then those applicants are pushed into a pre-screening process that's different for every single restaurant. We try to really um, build applications that basically go around the culture of restaurants so the employer is able to ask certain yes and no questions or virtual interviews that are really you know significant to them once that's done uh, they have the opportunity to then hire the applicant through the system and they can even do the new hire paperwork right online as well
1: sounds like a good system sounds like something our last guest maybe would have been interested in so Uh, yeah. Um, you know, a majority of your experience seems to be, you know, kind of different types of media outlets, you know, from, I think I saw some television reporter to online content producer. So Mm -hmm. how did you come to find yourself to be in the role that you're in now? You know, what, what, what was that kind of that journey look like?
3: Yeah, so my last job prior to Wickwire was working at um, a local news station in Binghamton, New York, called Fox 40 News. Started out as a TV reporter there, but really um, wanted to develop a hyper-local or niche news site for all of those little stories that wouldn't make it, you know, in the hour, evening news. So worked with the news director there to create a hyperlocal site, caught all of those news stories, and was able to provide content to three smaller communities in the area. And that's actually what opened the door for me when it came to Wickwire. Since Wickwire is a niche product just for the restaurant industry, um, my niche role of doing hyperlocal at the news station caught the eye of the, our CEO, Chris Mellon. And he came to me and said, you know, do you think that this is something that you could market? You seem to be really good at marketing niche products. I saw it. I have a restaurant background. I um, worked at Ruby Tuesday throughout my entire college career, always loved the restaurant industry, and immediately knew this is kind of my way back into it. So that's pretty much how I, you know, made it into Wickwire. It's not the traditional, you know, I I went to business school and I did this and I did that. Um, I just fell in love with the product and it, you know, my passion has served me well.
1: Well, and it certainly sounds like it. So, you know, under your leadership, I know Wickwire has kind of consistently increased sales and revenue. So what do you attribute that to? Is it part of that innovation, the part that you're doing, or is it the, you know, kind of, the the success ones of the product or where do you kind of put that most of that success where does that lie
3: you know it lies in our people 110% we have hands down probably some of the most talented passionate and engaged individuals on the team that you could imagine and their passion is really contagious especially to our customers so we, you know, secure a new customer, but it's really the customer referral, especially in the restaurant industry, that moves our products along. So having people who own what they do every single day come in and give it 110%, that's, what, that's what's growing us. There's, you know, only so many things that you can do to be innovative um, in the HR space that, you know, your competitors aren't doing. And I think the one thing that separates All of the HR programs and all of the HR software is the service that goes along with it and the feeling that you get when you use the product, um, the feeling that you get when you're using, you know, the customer service. So we really, really make sure that we are the top notch, the best of the best when it comes to that, and it's served us really, really well. And
1: when it comes to then, you know, leadership development, so you have, you know, sales and marketing going, sounds like you get your people going. And then you look at, well, how do we continue to develop people from a leadership standpoint within an organization? That's kind of the, the next natural thing to look at if you're doing other things well. What are some of the things that you're doing to really, you know, develop leaders in your organization?
3: You know, for me, I don't look at developing leaders as a cookie cutter, System. I think every single person is an individual, and they have different wants, needs, and desires when it comes to both their personal life and their professional life. So with my team leaders and my team in general, uh, the first thing I do is monthly, even though it's somewhat of a daunting task with everything going on, is I do one-on-one with every single person of my team. It's 30 minutes of my time. I get on the phone with them, and I want to talk to them about everything they have going on that they're excited about in life doesn't necessarily have to be a professional, you know, venture that they're doing just for Wickwire. It can be, you know, maybe they were in a theater production that they want to talk about or they're, you know, writing on the side um, for different media outlets. Whatever it may be, I want to know about it because I want to know about their strengths. Perhaps current role that they're in right now doesn't give them the opportunity to completely express those strengths. And if I have the knowledge, the minute that something is open, I'm more than willing to put them into that role or to give them more responsibility there. I also think that when it comes to developing your leaders, you need to be able to give them um, a sense of happiness, both personally and professionally. So we are very big on that balance and understanding that, you know, if someone's happy with their personal life and if work isn't interfering too much in that, they're going to come back to work very engaged and ready to go because they know that we, you know, really value, um, them being happy outside of work as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I'm wondering that sounds like a really great way for you to kind of you know, have a pulse on what's happening with your team, and Absolutely. that allows you to kind of do almost like this, almost like a micro training, and also at the same time, you know, have kind a of, kind of a pulse of what's happening. Um, but then, you know, there are those times when you bring in somebody brand new um, who maybe having to to be in such sort of a leadership position. So, is that also the same process, trying to get that person up to speed, or are there other things that you do when someone kind of comes in who doesn't know? You know, the routine, but is also being asked to to be a leader in the organization.
3: You know, what's really unique about Wickwire um, is that we very rarely will hire for a leadership role outside of the company. We're really big on rewarding within and pulling up from within because my philosophy and my thought process is, the person who, you know, could potentially be that next leader has worked so hard for me and given me so much and has engaged so much and taken so much ownership already. They get it. They get the culture. They get the responsibilities that come with that leadership role. And sometimes there's just certain things that you can't teach during the training that you have to learn from being, you know, completely immersed in the culture for a little while. So – uh, you know, bringing in new leadership has rarely happened in Wickwire. Maybe once or twice. Promoting from within is huge for us. But when it comes to bringing in new employees in general, we usually start them at an entry level position, and we really let them, you know, develop for a year and just learn all there is to learn, you know, and take it all in because it does take a while to be comfortable in a new position. I think that for me, uh, you know. What drives them is seeing that internal promotion rate. Seeing, hey, you know, everyone who's in leadership roles started where I did. This is awesome. I can really build my career here, and that's kind of how I've developed leadership in general with Wickwire.
1: And you know, we, we've brought up the word culture a few times, and you, both from the perspective of shaping your product or service based on the culture for your you know your clients, but we've also talked about your culture in general. I mean, you started to kind of give us a little bit of a, an understanding, but how would you describe it if you were, you know, someone asked you, if maybe a fellow reporter asked you to, to describe it, or if you were explaining it to someone who wanted a job, how, how do, would you define the culture that exists there at your company?
3: For Wickwire, I think one word that would really describe our culture is inclusiveness. I received one of the best compliments from someone that we hired last year I had a one-on-one with her, and we were discussing, you know, it was probably maybe, maybe two months into her job, we were discussing, you know, how do you feel, how, how are things going, what can we do next time when we bring in new employees to, you know, maybe train them a little bit more efficiently, whatever it may be, and she said to me, I've never worked for a company before where within the first few weeks, I felt so included. And I felt like I was already giving back to the company. And I didn't feel like I was stepping on anyone's toes. And I felt excited about my job and excited about the opportunity. So when it comes to culture, uh, you know, we've done a lot of things over the four years that I've been at Wickwire, And I'm proud of a lot of the products that we've launched. I'm proud of a lot of the new strategies that we've launched. But if there's one thing that I can walk away with tomorrow is I'm proud of the culture that we've created. And if we can continue to have that culture of inclusiveness, then that's great. I think that there's two things people look for when they come to work. They look to feel like they're part of the team, and they look to know exactly what is expected of them every single day so that they can thoroughly engage in what they're doing. And if we can provide that in our culture, then, then I consider Wickwire a success.
1: So, you know, those are things that most people like. There are certainly people who maybe don't want to be in an inclusive environment or they want to be somewhere where they do their work and they get out. I mean, there are certain job types that sometimes lend people to be a little bit different or antisocial or what have you. So are there is there kind of a definable, specific kind of person or do you look for certain things for new employees to make sure they are going to fit in or is it kind of a field thing based on you know position by position
3: absolutely so we don't necessarily for a majority of the positions i should say we don't necessarily look for very specific skill sets i am a strong believer that skill can be taught we look for a personality type we look for someone who is entrepreneurial minded Who has the ability to very thoroughly express themselves, their ideas, who is open to, you know, constructive criticism to an extent, um, but who also has the, you know, backbone to say, no, I think this is a good idea, even if you don't believe so, and here's why. One thing that we do to kind of make sure that we get the cultural fit is we're very big, um, when we have an open position where we are hiring externally, we very much so ask our employees to, you know, refer their friends. Uh, birds of a Feather flock together, in my opinion. It has worked so many times before in the past for us. We have an extremely high retention rate uh, in the 90s as far as our employees go. So it's you know something where I feel like when you especially get those customer referrals in, not customer, the employee referrals in, you're telling that employee when you hire their friend or their acquaintance or their former coworker that you trust their opinion and you believe in them. And then that person comes into a culture that they've already been clued in on by their friends. So it's really just kind of a win-win there. And that's what I look for. Again, I'm not really big on looking for skill unless it's a very specific position if you're talking about a developer or a graphic designer or something like that, of course. Um, but when it comes to a majority of our positions where you know, we're very heavily customer service focused. So majority of my labor budget goes to that. I'm looking for someone that makes me feel like a friend over the phone or in person, because that's how I want my customer to feel.
1: And I imagine that your employees probably have a sense of accomplishment of purpose of, you know, feeling connected to the company, um, kind of based on all the things that you're talking about. So do you also though feel some need at, at different times to, also kind of recognize them in some, you know, grander way, you know, whether it be sort of publicly recognizing them. Some people, you know, give monetary things or gifts. I mean, companies all have this kind of wide gamut of different things they do. So uh, maybe you, you, if you could kind of explain a little bit on what your, your thought process is and what are some of the specific things you're doing around employee recognition?
3: Absolutely. So one thing that I love, about something that we recently implemented, and I think all companies should do this, is we have a weekly call every Friday. We're located all over the United States, and it's good to get everyone on one phone call to to discuss, to become balanced. Everyone knows what's going on. Every single employee, from the person who started last week in an entry-level position up to myself, does two things during this. Um, we, one, give a shout out to someone on the team who has significantly helped us that week. And two, we talk about a positive impact that we've done that week for the company um, or, you know, just in general with the strategy or something along those lines, something that we've accomplished that we feel really good about. That weekly recognition in front of the entire team has done so much for the morale within Wickwire. First of all, it's a Friday, right? You've been through it all throughout the week. It's a really great great way to kind of end the week um, on a high note. It also gets people to recognize how much they are appreciated because someone may ask you for help and it takes you 10, 15 minutes to do whatever task they needed. You might not think it was that big of a deal, but it might have been the world to them that day. So everyone you know, ends up getting a shout out. Everyone gets to talk about a positive impact that they've provided. It is great. Um, Other things that we've done is we do quarterly, I call them challenges. So for the first quarter, we did a vision board challenge. And the idea of the vision board was you would create a physical vision board um, that would set your purposes and intents for 2015. It would be one part career, one part personal life, one part health, and then whatever else you would want it to be. And these are your goals for 2015 that you would put together on a vision board it's optional to participate in the challenges but if you do you get certain uh, recognition and also some some merits or benefits so they made these vision boards we actually had 100% participation which was awesome because it was our first time doing the challenges and you know it helps my employees one To visualize every single day, they had this this vision board in front of them, letting them know what their goals are and reminding them what their goals are. Once they they created those, we talked about them. When that was done, um, everyone who participated received one free vacation day. I think that monetary gains are great, promotions are great. I don't necessarily think that rewarding with those all the time is the only thing that a company can do. I think that we have to look at people as a whole, and they're not just a job. They're not just a paycheck. They're not just a title. They're whole individuals that, you know, appreciate an extra day off or appreciate that their leaders are interested in their lives beyond what, you know, they can provide the bottom line. And that's something that I'm very, very big on.
1: Well, and it sounds like you're you know a great leader in your organization, and I'm a firm believer that um, leaders are are generally not born. There may be a few characteristics that you can be born with, but generally, this is something you learn, and you learn that from having great uh, mentors and teachers and parents and people along that kind of road for you that taught you things, showed you things, and inspired you. So, are, are there is there anyone in, in that path that you know from from uh, from your early days till now that you might point to as kind of being you can talk about one or two of those different people that, you know, really were kind of a catalyst for you in that direction of leadership?
3: Absolutely. Um, There's two people that come to mind immediately. First, my mother. Uh, She owns her own business in New York, so she's definitely been an inspiration to me when it comes to being a businesswoman. She taught me from a very early age that you don't have to know everything about what you're getting into. If you're getting into a new industry or you're getting into, you know, a new project or whatever it is, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room about that, but you have to be the hardest working and you have to be willing to put in the most time. And I think that when I learned that, it immediately made me kind of fall in love with learning, right? Because it just, it knocks down all boundaries. Um, And that's always been really big to me. And I try to really bring that onto my team um, and let them know, you know, you don't have to be a professional in what I'm asking you to do right now. I'm just asking you to do the best you can possibly do. And we're going to learn and grow together. And that's been something that's really huge. The other person who has also significantly, um, you know, helped me as far as kind of cultivating my talents as, uh, as a leader and, and an individual in business would be my CEO, Chris Mellon. Um, he, you know, has always taught me that you always end a meeting on a high note and you walk out of there knowing that you can do anything. He's very inspirational. He's one of those bosses that, you know, people flock to have meetings with him which is very rare for bosses they want that time in front of him they want to know what he thinks of their work and uh, I really aspire to be um, you know that type of leader where people want to spend time with me where the time is always positive even if we're at a critical you know point in the company Um, I just want to inspire
1: yeah those those are uh, we we get the the parent one sometimes um, you know from people it always seems like that's a uh, a pretty important one. Uh, wh- what what type of business does your mom own?
3: She actually owns an insurance brokerage firm in upstate New York.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. A- and then, you know, and then an- another inspiring leader is, is probably the two of the most common, although we've had some, some very interesting answers to that question. But certainly, <laughs> um, you know, it does seem like, you know, a-, a boss and a parent can have such a huge impact. And yeah. Um, you know, uh, into in how someone develops and how they end up, you know, really inspiring other people as well. And, and so, you know, the other part of that is always to be learning. So, I'm wondering if there's a book that you've been reading or re- have read recently that you might uh, suggest for our listeners to take a look at.
3: Yes, I actually just finished up a book called The War of Art, and it was so inspiring to me. It's all about breaking through resistance and saying, you know. So many people use excuses. Oh, I'm not ready for this yet. I don't have the funds for it yet. You know, I need to finish these three products before I work on what I'm really passionate about. And this book turns that idea upside down. And it says, you know, resistance is the ultimate evil. And if you can just go with it, and you might not be ready, you might not be good to go, but just work through it, you're going to find success because success is on the other side of resistance. And it's you know, goes back to the lesson that my mom taught me, always be the hardest working person in the room. So that book was amazing. Um, a book that I am excited to read. I actually just picked it up last night was the lean startup. Uh, I know I'm a little late to the game with that one. It's been out for a little while, but I've heard excellent things about it and I cannot wait to dive in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, if you were to summarize, you know, uh, what you think are some of the, the, the key points or the best things that you said today, well, what, what do you think those are?
3: I would say for me, the key points would be definitely look at your employees as whole people. They have lives outside of work that they have great passions and interests for take some time to be interested in what they're doing and what they're excited about because if you show that you want to be involved in that and that you are excited and you and if you genuinely are um, they're going to come to you with so much engagement and so much ownership over what they're doing uh, it, it will be incredible and it's going to be incredible for your business and also it's just going to be incredible for your soul too to know that you have such incredible people working for you uh, my other thought would just be you know always keep learning like you said and always Always, you know push through resistance and whatever you know you think you can achieve you absolutely can whether you have the education for it whether you have the experience none of that matters uh keep on going
1: Yeah, uh, i think you've summarized it very very well uh you know if people are interested in learning more about you or your or your company wickwire what's the best way for them to do that
3: Absolutely. They could just go straight to our website. It's wickwire.com, W-Y-C-K-W-Y-R-E.com, or they could just email me directly, lisa at wickwire.com. Well,
1: Lisa, it's been a real pleasure. I've enjoyed learning more about your company and uh, meeting you here uh, over the phone. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Hopefully we can have you come back at some point.
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: All right, so that's about the time we have for today's show. Thank you again to my uh, guest Warren Boone of Islands and also Lisa De- Dever Helio of Wickwire. Uh tune in live next week 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. My uh Guests will include David New, the CEO and founder of Tiny Pulse, and Brenda Williams uh, is coming back. She was on the show a a few years back. Uh, She's the CEO of Your Coaching Solution, and we can't wait to hear what they have to say. So until then, do what you love and show the the world how talented you can be today.
0: You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2.